our seats. We are all welcome to his presence. The Lord that we have come to meet will meet with us today in Jesus' name. None of us that partakes in this service will remain the same in Jesus' name. We have been talking about divine enlightenment for a while as part of the promise of the Lord to us as individuals and as a body of Christ. Uh, we said the Lord gave us three promises on our anniversary consecration, uh, I mean, a new beginning of consecration of holiness, a new beginning of giving, and a new beginning of divine enlightenment. And when we start looking at divine enlightenment or a new beginning of enlightenment, we highlighted the fact that enlightenment is a promise. We said enlightenment is preceded by displacement. We said it is the law that enlarges. We said enlargement can be by divine instructions. And then we say you can pray for enlargement. Today we want to start looking at what I call Isaac, a case study in divine enlargement. So we want to take Isaac and look at his situation, how God intervened and how he was enlarged. Let's look, look to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. I'm going to read verse 10. Genesis 18, 10, and then I go to Genesis 21, 1 to 2. Genesis 18, 10, and then Genesis 21, 1 and 2. So first, Genesis 18, 10. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah had it in the tenth door, which was behind him. Then we'll go to Genesis chapter 21. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. Genesis 21 verses 1 and 2. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we said we want to look at Isaac as a case study in divine enlightenment. And the first thing we need to take note of, which is essentially what we're going to be looking at today, is that Isaac was a promised child. Isaac was what? A promised child. He was a child of promise. And that's what we read in the, in the passage we have just looked at. We see where God gave Abraham a promise. That even though Abraham was old, even though Sarah was old, the Lord said, you are going to have a child. There were some doubts, but God, God came true and he fulfilled his promise. And I want to assure someone today, God will come true for you. Amen. The promise that God has given unto you and concerning you will come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. There is a promise associated with your enlightenment. Just as the promise associated with the enlargement of, of, of this thought. Though it, at times it looks unlikely. At times it, look impo it looks impossible. We only need to cast our minds back to the case of 
uh, Sarah and Abraham. At the point at which they had Isaac, we are told that Abraham was 100 years old. Abraham was old. Sarah was old. It was, she, I mean, she had, she had gotten to the point of what they call menopause. But it's only a pause. God intervened and gave her her son Isaac. So it may look unlikely, it may look impossible. But whatever promise the Lord has given unto you, hold on to it. And don't let the devil steal your confidence. And that's very important. The book of, uh, I believe it's Hebrews chapter 10. That says, hold on to your confidence. Do not lose it. For in due time, he that shall come will do what? Will come. Very important. Now, in our previous teachings on the promise of God, we highlighted nine attributes of the promise of God. And these are demonstrated in the life of Isaac. And we're just going to look at those things we already discussed previously. And then we'll round up. And that's why I said, I mean, there are quite a number of things we are going to be looking at. We are looking at Isaac as a case study for divine enlightenment. But today we are going to just be looking at the fact that he was a child of promise. He was a, a son of promise. And so we said, the promises of God are for all believers. This is very important. The promises of God are for all believers. So even though the Lord came to Isaac, I mean Abraham, and he spoke to Sarah, and said, you will have a child, you will have a son, you will call his name uh, uh, Isaac. There is a promise in that for you. There is a promise for you from the living God. That that which you have desired, because brethren, that was the greatest desire of Abraham's heart. In fact, at the point, Abraham had to be, I mean, he was talking with God. And said, what will you give me? Seeing I have no child. You keep making all these wonderful promises. But I don't have a son. Who is the person that will inherit all these things? Is it Eliezer, the servant of my house? So it was his heart's desire. And I have a word for someone here today. I have a word for someone who is listening to me. That specific desire of your heart. That desire, the one you've been praying for every day, there is a promise for it. Amen. It shall come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. In the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 20, 39, Acts 2, 39, the Bible says, For the promise is unto you, and unto your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So there's only one test there. As the Lord called you, and who has the Lord called? It is that individual that has given his life to Christ. So long as you have given your life to Christ, the Bible is telling us today, the promise is unto you. Tell somebody the promise is unto me. As if the promise is unto me. Now tell your neighbor the promise is unto you. It shall come to pass in Jesus' name. So that's the first attribute of promise. We, we went into these things in detail in June last year. When we are dealing with the promises of God. So if you want to I mean, go deeper, we, I mean, you can uh, go to YouTube or, uh, and you go to those old uh, uh, recordings. I know some of us have the notes. The second point we must take note of is that the promise is a word. The promise is what? It's a word. All promises must be tied to the scriptures. No wonder the Bible says, He honors His word. 
more than his name. He holds his, his word there. Whatever word he has spoken, it shall come to pass. That is why the Bible says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. The light shineth in darkness. And what happens? Darkness comprehended it not. The promise is a word. All promises must be tied to the scriptures. What is that promise that the Lord has given unto you? In Romans chapter 9 verse 9. Romans 9 9. The Bible says, For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come. And Sarah shall have a son. Remember where we started from? We said, Isaac was a child of promise. He was a son of promise. The promise is a word. The third point about this promise is that the promises are in Jesus. The promises are in who? They are in Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. For all the promises of God in him are what? Yea, and in him, amen. Unto the glory of God by us. If he has given you a promise, and I know he has given us as a church a promise of enlargement. And I know the promise of enlargement to the church is not just talking about the church building. He's talking of us as individuals. He's talking of you in your respective location. In your home. In your family. In your ministry. In your work. In your finances. There is an enlargement promise for you. And you will receive it in Jesus' name. You will obtain it in Jesus' name. Every promise of God in him I what? Yea, and in him, amen. So long as God has given it, he is saying, it is done. Amen. We now need to hold on. We need to hold on. That's why the Bible says, cast not away therefore your word, your confidence. Your confidence. That's very important. That was the third point. The fourth point about the promise is that the promise is obtained by, and we highlighted four things, faith, patience, endurance, and being fully persuaded. You want to obtain this promise of enlightenment? You want to experience enlightenment? You want God to enlarge your course and take you beyond any human limitations? You want, as the case may be, the sky to be your beginning and not your, and not any, and, and not your ending. You need faith. You need patience. You need endurance. And you need to be what? Fully persuaded. You don't follow this promise from God as if, uh, well, if it comes, fine. If it doesn't, well, maybe it's not God's plan. Ah, if it is not God's plan, why did he make the promise for, unto you? Tell somebody the promise is for me. And it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. So the promise is obtained by faith. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. Hebrews 6 12. says that you be not slothful. But followers of them. Who through faith and patience. Inherit the promise. Followers of them who through what? Faith and patience. Inherit the promise. These two things go together. Without faith, you cannot be patient. Without patience, you will limit the scope of your faith. If you get to a point that you say, eh, you know what? I've tried. I know what God said. I've waited enough. It's enough. 
I'm going for something else. These ones, through faith and patience, they did what? They inherited the promises. You will inherit your promise in Jesus' name. You need faith, you need patience. And when you look at the example of uh, Abraham that was, that was given to us in Romans chapter 4, verse 20 to 22, Romans 4, 20 to 22, we see some things stated there concerning the example of Abraham. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Remember where we started? We said Isaac was a child of prophet. I mean, a child of promise as a case study. Verse 21 of that passage says, And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Are you fully persuaded? Do you believe that God, what God has promised unto you, he can perform? He can bring it to pass? It's a time for you to celebrate Jesus. And you will celebrate, Jesus in, you celebrate him in Jesus' name. He said, therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. You see, you have faith. Your faith is associated with patience. The Bible says it will impute unto you for what? Righteousness. Righteousness. Right living. Right living. James chapter 1 verse 12. James chapter 1 verse 12. James, because we said there's faith, there's patience, there's endurance. James 1 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Oh, there will come a time that the enemy will want to steal that promise away from you. If you allow him to steal it, he will go with it. But you've got to take it and say, no, no, no. This is the Lord's promise to me. Remember that Shunammite woman. She just saw the man of God. She accommodated him. She welcomed him. Anytime you are passing by, there's bread in the house. Come and eat. But she had no child. And the man of God said, according to the season of life, according to the time of life, you are going to have a child. She had a child. She wasn't asking for a child. She wasn't looking for a child. But she got a child. The good things you are not looking for, they will follow you in Jesus' name. Those wonderful things, you know you need them. You know you want them. But you've given up on them. Beginning from this moment, because of this divine enlightenment, begin to receive them in Jesus' name. You know, it's like that sister who was already in her 40s, who haven't prayed to God for some time and no husband came, gave up and said, well, Lord, either you give me a husband or not, I will do what? I will serve you. You are God. Let it be that way. And the moment she made that man, God made up his mind that, okay, I will surprise you. I am praying for someone here today, someone who is listening to me, God will surprise you. Amen. I said, God will surprise you. That which you have made up your mind that, well, uh, if I cannot get this one, I will manage this one. Ah, you are not, you will manage sorrow. I said you will manage sorrow. You will not manage defeat. You will not manage setback. Ah, you are being lifted in the name of Jesus. That season, that week, that month, as the case may be, that the sister said, well, God, it's all right. You can do whatever you want. A brother came to her sister and said, my sister, I believe the Lord is saying you are my wife. And the sister said, I cannot be your wife. I'm, I'm already in menopause. I can't be your wife. She didn't tell him at the beginning. She just said, no, it's impossible. I can't be your wife. The brother persisted. And then the sister said, look, it has ceased to be with me as it, as it is with women. 
I can't be your wife. Don't you want children? The man said, glory to God. Hallelujah. See, I already have three children. I just need a companion that will help me to take care of my children. So definitely, you are the one. God has spoken to me. And they proceeded, and they got married. And the first month that they got married, the sister became pregnant, and she gave birth to twins. Brethren, that is God. Tell somebody, that is God. God will give the promise. The enemy will try to steal it from you. But you must make up your mind that Satan, you ain't going to get me. He ain't going to get you in Jesus' name. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12, we've read it. He said, followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. That's very important. That's very important. The enlargement that came to Abraham and Sarah through Isaac. It was a promise of God. And the devil tried to shift them. In the process, Ishmael was born. But thank God for God. Tell somebody, thank God for God. Brethren, you must realize that our God is a God of love. He's not going about looking for your faults. He loves you. We make mistakes. He knows. He knows the type of children he has created. He knows that the devil goes around like a roaring lion looking for whom he will devour. Oh, the devil cannot devour you. And the devil will not devour you in Jesus' name. The next point I want us to take note is that his promises are holy. His promises are what? They are holy. It's very important. Psalm 105 verse 42. Psalm 105 verse 42. For he remembered his holy promise. And Abraham, his servant. God gave a promise that Abraham, your wife, the wife will know you by your recognized wife. Is who? Is Sarah. And the holiness of God will not be challenged. Yes, Hagar had given child to, I mean, to a son for you. Because that son is from your loins, I will bless him. But my promise is holy. And it can only be perfected through your wife. Is somebody with me this morning? The promise of God is holy. The Bible says it's too holy to behold what? Iniquity. You want God's promise to come to pass in your life? You want this enlightenment that we're talking about? You must live a holy life. There is no alternative to it. There are no two ways to it. His promises are holy. And he will bring it to pass. And I want to assure someone listening to me today, he will bring it to pass in Jesus' name. His promises never fail. His promises do what? He never fails. He never fails. He is true to his word. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. Matthew 24, verse 35. Matthew 24, verse 35. The Bible says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Heaven and earth will pass, but his word will not. That same statement is repeated in Mark chapter 13, verse 31. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. His promises never fail. If he has given you a promise, it shall come to pass. Tell somebody it shall come to pass. We will celebrate together in Jesus' name. His, the next point is promises are for a time. They are for what? A time. A time. 
His promises are for a time. In Acts chapter 7, verse 17, Acts 7, verse 17, the Bible says, When the time of the promise drew near, which God has sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. You see, God gave Abraham many promises. One of those promises God gave to him is that your children will be servants in a foreign land for how many years? 400 years. At the end of the 400 years, or they will be slaves. He said, I will bring them out. They will serve me on this mountain. They will possess this land. And when the time came, God multiplied them in Egypt. You go to the book of Exodus from chapter 1. The more the children of Israel were oppressed in Egypt, the more they prospered. Brethren, oppression cannot stop you. Amen. You will prosper. Amen. I said you will prosper. Amen. You will flourish in the name of Jesus. Amen. The people grew and multiplied in Egypt because the time of the promise had come. You cannot be contained. Somebody is not saying amen to that. Yeah. I say you cannot be contained. Yeah. In other words, nobody can put you in a bottle and cover you up. No way. Your glory will manifest in the name of Jesus. Yeah. In Psalm 1, round 2, verse 13, we know that passage very well. Psalm 1, round 2, verse 13. Hey, thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yeah, the set time. His word is come. This, his promise is for a time. And he's sending this word unto us now because the time has come. Amen. For us as a church, the time has come. Amen. For us as individuals, the time has come. Amen. For our ministries, the time has come. Amen. We all know Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11. He had made everything beautiful in his time. It's his time to beautify you. Amen. It's his time to beautify your life. Amen. It's his time to showcase his glory in your life. And it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. Two more thing, attributes of this promise. The eighth one, I believe, is that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit is what? The spirit of promise. We are in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. That's why Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says, There is the spirit of him that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That the Holy Spirit is the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That same Holy Spirit is the one that came in on the day of Pentecost. It's the same Holy Spirit that's operating in you and I today. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Ephesians 1 verse 13. says, in whom ye also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit of promise. That's the word of God unto you. He is the one that ensures that promises come to pass and they are fulfilled. In your life, in your situation, it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. Finally, the ninth attribute of the promise we are talking about is that this promise is precious. That's what the precious. It's precious to God. What God will entrust into your hands is not just something you can pick on the roadside and throw away and toy with. No! Precious promises of God. Remember, about two weeks ago, we talked about the need for us to enlarge our capacities. What God wants to give you is to set you apart. Is to take you above, as the Bible says. He said you shall be what? Above only. 
So the promise is precious. What the Lord is going to release into your hands, into your life, is what? It's precious. We know we found lacking in Jesus' name. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Second Peter chapter 1. The Bible says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Not ordinary promises. Exceeding great and precious promises. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4. That by this you might be partakers of the divine nature. Hmm. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through loss. Those are a few things we must avoid. The essence, where we are going, is we partakers of his divine nature. To put behind, to put aside the lost that can make us to fail. What the Bible calls the loss of the eyes, the loss of the flesh, the pride of life. Isaac was a son of promise. And the promises came to pass in his life. Every one of us, there are promises that God has given unto us. We shall be divine partakers in Jesus' name. As we go through the month of May, that's why we sang that song. I'm pressing on. I'm going to higher heights. That's why that chorus is a prayer point. Lord, lift me up. Let me stand. By faith on heaven's stable land. A higher plane than I have seen, than I have found. Lift me onto higher ground. God wants to lift you onto higher ground as we begin the second uh, uh, what do you call it? trimester of this year. One third is gone, two third is left. And we have begun, the, 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 we are in the second day of the second to third. God wants to lift you up. Hallelujah. God will lift you up. Amen. God will change your story. Amen. God will give you a new song. Amen. His enlightenment will be your portion. Amen. Are you listening to this message? Are you watching it online? Are you there and you've not given your life to Jesus? Do you want to say, Lord, this is my time, this is my season? Do you want to know him as your Lord and personal Savior? Why don't you open your heart unto him right now? I say, Lord, I come to you. I come to you. I want to know you. Because I want to experience the promises of your enlightenment. Open your hearts to him. You are not born again. Tell him right now, Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming to die for my sins. I acknowledge my sin. I'm a sinner. Have mercy upon me. Forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me whole. Let me be acceptable unto you. Glorify your name in my life. Write my name in the book of life. From this day onward, in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus.